1: golf show with brian katrick he's been the talk of the course today with his huge drives and Ali dean
2: i really am running with it's early sunday morning the sun is coming up i'm on the t at seven i'm here to try my luck they say this game's a tough one, but I'll give it my best shot. Though the bunkers look like beaches and the greens like parking lots. Oh, Lord. Big match coming up. i it's going to be me in the caddy. What am I going to do? Why don't you try him a little left? And why don't you try back um, up? Give me just a little room. Help me keep my head down. Save me from those double bogey blues. Golf requires goofy pants and a fat ass. You know, you don't deserve any credit hitting the ball with that swing of yours. Try to hit one with my swing. I'm catching on the horse, right? Moving my head. I'm laying it off. Well, thank uh, I'm pronating. Well, yeah, me. I'm clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My God, my swing like Unfold unfolded lawn chair. Step right up, folks. See if you can outdrive the amazing golf ball uh, whacker guy. Help me keep my head down. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the
1: hole. Save man from the double bogey blue. Gunga. Hey there. Happy Sunday morning to you. Welcome to the Golf Show on the Fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Brian Katrick with you, and uh, we're going to kick off the show right here. We've, we've got several Ray Giudice interviews of the month coming up for you. Eric Dodd is coming up on the program. Uh, he's playing a benefit concert at the Strand Uh, But kicking things off right now, joining us from Ackworth, Georgia, two-time PGA Tour winner, and as a guy that I should have had on the show years and years ago, and as often as we can possibly get him, it's Jason Bone. Jason, how are you?
2: Hey, Brian. I'm doing great, bud. I appreciate you having me on, and I'll come on anytime. I got nothing to do right now. Uh, So you got about six months of my attention, and then I'm... uh I'm going
1: to try to go back to playing some golf. Yes, uh, fellow Pine Tree member Jason Bone, by the way, uh, and and you're uh, that that six months you're talking about a big birthday coming up for you. We were just talking about it, but the life of a professional golfer, the big five zero is is good news, isn't it?
2: It is good news. And on that note, I should wish you a belated happy birthday. I think everybody should know that you have just turned fifty recently as well. So. Uh, I gotta throw that out there, out. Yeah, i know you only look thirty-five, but That's it's right. nice for people to know your real age. <laughs> Thank so. you.
1: And if the two of us saw us standing together, they would think I was your dad. But thanks for that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah fifty is a big deal for a PGA Tour guy. Um, you know, we get to go out and play the PGA Tour champions, and um, really excited about that. I mean, it's just like it's a whole renewing of like your career. Like you just get excited to go back and work on your game and you know, prep for uh, the events coming. And I can tell you, it, you know, it's, it's a real challenge actually because you, you think you're still, your mind still thinks you're 25 and can do all these things and you go out and you hit balls and you work on yourself and then the next day you're like, wow, I can't hit that many balls. I can't do that. Your body just starts to shut down. So it's a big process of kind of learning how to manage where you are with your body and how much you can do and then, you know, try to maximize the efficiency out of all that so but super excited like can't wait um i mean i just can't wait to go out and see my old buddies again and just you know the camaraderie out there everyone all my friends that are turned 50 that are out there have just said it's just amazing it's uh competition is phenomenal as we just saw a couple you know maybe last week i think played a couple who was 60 shot 60 so i mean these guys are still incredibly talented players uh but I just, you know, I, I know that uh, everybody's kind of a little bit more laid back. And uh, it's intense when you're competing, but outside of the competition, it's a real kind of cordial, laid-back environment. Now,
1: people people have heard lots of different bits and pieces about life on the PGA Tour Champions and just how you get out there. I've always said it's the toughest tour in the world to get on. You've got two PGA Tour wins I know they used to do it off of career money. Then they had a point system. I don't know where they are now. What is your path to that tour look like?
2: Okay, so uh, I really don't know either. It's a big moving <laughs> target. It constantly moves. And, uh, but I do know that uh, I believe I'm exempt for finals of Q School for every year that I've won. So that will give me two exemptions to get in the finals of Q School. One... This year, as long as you turn 50 prior to June 1st, you can go when you're 49 to Q school. Obviously, you can't play until you actually turn 50. But uh, so this December 3rd, like the week of 3rd to the 10th, uh, I will go out to Scottsdale, Arizona, TPC of Scottsdale, and compete to try to get one of five fully exempt cards. I mean, it is a slim chance. You got to play some great golf, and there's a lot of great players uh, playing but outside of that, I will have some conditional status on the PGA Tour because of my career money. And so, and that, like, is the moving target. That changes every week. Uh, and, you know, every year, it's just, I guess, it, more uh, every year. I'm sorry, not every week. But so, guys that are out there accumulating money on the PGA Tour or Champions Tour that go ahead of you that are eligible to play, um, you know, you you fall down the list. So, uh they can't guarantee you how many starts you're going to get, but based on kind of my calculations, and I did go to the University of Alabama, so my math is obviously <laughs> kind of Ivy League math. So uh, I would, I'm able to kind of figure out where I am in that situation. I'm looking to probably get about somewhere, I'm going to guess, 45 to 50% of starts. So that will give me 10 to 12 events, and then if I can play well uh, in those events, I can... You know continue to go so uh but m- main goal you know get a, get a uh, fully exempt one of the five uh uh champions uh, uh, cards that they allow uh pj core champions so if i get one of those then i'm set to go but either way super excited i like, can't wait to i mean i'm i'm grinding on my game all the time i'm all i'm working uh in my room I'm, now i'm working on my body you know i've been doing this for a couple of years and i'm just really excited to just you know see what happens
1: Oh, so am I. I can't wait. Is it still at uh T P C Scottsdale on the other course over there?
2: It is. It's not the one that they play the waste management open, it's the other one. So uh but uh it you know, early December, uh Scottsdale, Arizona, it's still gonna be a nice trip regardless uh of how you play. And so I'm I'm looking forward to just getting out there and uh you know, giving it a shot, giving it a rip.
1: Last time we chatted that, well, the world of golf was in the midst of t- turmoil. It's still in the midst of turmoil. Uh, they have since made the PGA Tour has since made some adjustments. You and I chatted uh, on the Sirius XM show about about all the live golf mess. You just mentioned the Phoenix Open. That's one of the elevated events. That's one of the stories from this week. Is the rumor is that's going to be one of the elevated events? So now we're going to have. Uh, a bunch of events that 20 players, the top 20 players in the PIP are going to have to play in. Uh, It's a, it's a big adjustment. I'm not sure that I've done even close to enough of a job of explaining what's going on there. Jason, you were on the policy board for a lot of years. Put it in your own words. What, what type of, how, how big of an impact can this have? These, these are big changes telling these guys where they have to play.
2: It is big changes telling them where they have to play. And it's, uh, you know, to be 100% honest, so in, in your profession, I, I don't really think that too many guys are not going to want to play in a first of $20 million. I mean, that's the opportunity to make the most amount of money in the least amount of events makes a lot of sense to me. So the, the changes that the PGA Tour are doing, I think, are overall, in the end, are going to be very positive changes to the PGA Tour. I would say that... The Live Tour created these changes, and I think that's really good for golf. One of the biggest things that I saw that came out of all of these changes that they're doing is that now every person who, or each person, a rookie that gets their tour card is guaranteed a minimum salary of $500,000, which is really uh, where it needs to be because I don't think a lot of people understand that when you first come out on the PGA Tour as a young guy, You probably don't have a lot of money. You haven't made a lot of money coming through the Corn Prairie Tour to get your tour card. So, you, and you pay for everything. That is one thing that I think, you know, a lot of other guys that I play with in professional sports are kind of blown away at the fact that, you know, you pay for your hotel, you pay for your food outside of the golf course, you know, you pay for your caddy, you pay for uh, travel for you and your family. So it's, uh, you incur a lot of expenses. And I just believe that when you reach the pinnacle of your sport, you should have some sort of basis to know that you won't go broke if you don't play well. And um, I think that that's, the, that's one of the best changes I've seen that I think has been needed to be done for a long time. And so I'm excited for that. Uh, I, I definitely think with these elevated purses, to be honest, uh, all my life I'm um, playing on the PGA Tour, there has always been an A Tour, a B Tour, and a C Tour. And I'm not really sure that, you know, people understand this uh, unless you're really truly involved in it. But the A Tour are all the guys that, you know, there's a top 50 in the world that are eligible to play at all the high-profile events, all the majors, all the World Golf Championships, all the big money purses. The B Tour are the guys that are finishing top 125, you know, that might be eligible for a couple of invitationals. And then... Uh, the C Tour are the guys who are outside of the top 125 who might get in what you know sometimes I refer to it as the Island Tour where you're playing events that are pretty much on islands. Uh, <laughs> so they're kind of a, a lower you know tier events, not as big a purse, not as many FedEx Cup points, that kind of stuff. And that that's existed from the time that I've been on the tour in the last 20 years. So uh, this is only going to elevate that in the sense of that there's an A-tour, A Tour, a B Tour, and a C Tour, and you know, the A, A quality, those top 50 players in the world are obviously going to play in those uh, purses to begin with. They're going to play in the, the largest purses because they can accumulate the most FedEx points and the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time. Which makes, I mean, that's that's business. That makes perfect sense to me.
1: Right. I, uh, I've never heard the island tour Reference.
2: I love that. <laughs> well, we have hats and shirts that all the so all the guys I play on the island tour with it, so right. Because it, it's kind of like you know you're in that that window of that forty five to fifty category where you might be a past champion and. You know, you're gonna get the. You're gonna get in Puerto Rico. You might yeah. get in Bermuda. In you know, Mexico,
1: uh, right? Which yeah. is a, not yeah, an island, like, but you know, it's a resort.
2: Well, sea, sea Island's a major for us in the island tour. You know, <laughs> I mean, if you get in Sea Island, you've played your way to the major because you're not. It's an island, but it's not really. It's kind of attached to the mainland, so you're really tired up about getting in that. But. Uh, <laughs> So if that's just kind of that, you know, and those are four or five events that you play in, and, you know, that's, that's what you have. So, uh, but there's always, that will always be the case. And I just hope if if I were, let's say I was king for one day and could run in there in the PGA Tour. I like the fact that we're elevating the purses and getting these uh, purses to $20 million. What I would do differently and, and how I would go in with all the sponsors is I would say, okay, look, We're going to rotate these events so that every event in the PGA Tour, so we hit Greensboro, and one year they're going to get a $20 million purse, and these guys for the PIP are coming in. And then we hit the John Deere Classic, and we hit some of these events that have been around for so many years and that are you know they invest so much and the, uh, their communities thrive on and on, on having these PGA Tour events come in that they're going to, they're going to be touched by that. And what worries me is if they don't rotate it, then obviously the Memorial, uh, the waste management, you know, the eight events that are going to be uh, twenty million dollars or plus more now uh, are, are just going to be the premier events, and the other ones are going to go um, not be looked at like they should be. And I would. I would really consider that rotation scale uh, and just make it just, you know, every few years you're going to get this. And so that it really does help the community, and then these sponsors want to be involved in it.
1: Yeah, I think you are going to see that. Again, the tour hasn't made this official announcement yet. Uh, this is just the rumors that, that some of the events, we, we know some of the elevated events because they've already been there. Uh, those events were the playoff events, uh, the Genesis there at Riviera, Arnold Palmer there at Bay Hill, Memorial, at, uh, at Muirfield Village, the match play, the Tournament of Champions. I don't even know if they listed the players on there, but it, it was one of the elevated events also. Uh, the well, ru-
2: there'll be $25 five million. There, They're yeah. always going to be one step ahead, right? Like-
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. So the uh, the ones that that are a part of this announcement, which, again, the tour hasn't made the announcement yet, uh, Phoenix Open, RBC Heritage, Wells Fargo, and the Travelers. I, I love your thoughts, Jason. I think they are going to rotate these around. And not only do I think they're going to rotate these around, I think you can sell them. Can't you? Isn't that the whole point? Hey, you want, you want to be one of these? This is this is what the price tag is now.
2: I, I would agree with that. I would totally agree with that. I hope that they sell them. And I think that one of the things is, and scheduling is going to be a massive deal, because if you have multiple events that line up in a row, that are the $20 million, uh, you know, the, that, that, that they'd like the PIP, the top 20 guys in the PIP, to come and play these events. Uh, and, you know, they get, four, they get three or four of them in a row. This, I mean, that's, that's asking a lot out of a guy to play a month straight. So I think you'll have some you know, some negative feedback in that regard too. But uh, I think you have to rotate them. I think you've got to sell them. And, but I do know that there are, are, are corporations that have been a involved with the PGA Tour for a long period of time that, you know, financially, they they might not be able to meet that goal. And I think that if you're going to subsidize it in in any way, you need to kind of rotate that.
1: Yeah. There are five in a seven-week stretch, starting at the Phoenix Open. You go Phoenix, Genesis. You take Honda off. Then you go Bay Hill, Players, Valspar off, and the match play. That's five in a seven-week stretch. Uh, The way this schedule works out this year, I totally agree with you, Jason. I think you're going to see these things rotate. You mentioned two of these come up the week after a major. Travelers, which has always been a great sponsor of the PGA Tour, uh, is one of these elevated events. That's over there in Hartford. The U.S. Open is at the L.A. LA Country Club. So do you think they're going to do a charter? I mean, that's that's a big one.
2: 100%. Oh, okay. yeah they'll definitely put a charter together and, and get these guys there to make that work and I just uh, I just hope that like when when I listen to that schedule pop up you know that the Honda Tampa uh, they, they they don't become island tour events you know what I mean like I just don't want to see those tournaments that have been so special over the years and created such amazing champions for those guys to not you know they're not gonna play seven straight weeks and they are gonna play in five of the seven. So those, you know, they're not going to be elevated, and you know those those communities are going to be very much impacted if the if the top players don't you know show up and play.
1: Yeah, and then uh, you take you feel like you take Valero off the week after that stretch. The ninth week in that stretch is the Masters. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, and then yeah. They're, they're going to play in that. So that's uh, you know that's six of nine that you know they're going to play. And by the way, the week after that is RBC. So that's it's 7 right. of 10.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I- a lot of golf, that's a lot of golf to ask uh, guys to play at, at a premium level and to perform their best in, in that small amount of time.
1: Yeah. And now, one thing that's going up, Jason Bone, our guest, two-time PGA Tour winner. We're, we're going to run out of time. We're going to let him get back to his life here in just a minute. But what this does create for the first time, uh, in a long time, although you were out there on the tour when, when we stopped playing golf for a couple of months. You know, the tour championship happened kind of right around Halloween, and that was that. Uh, well, now the tour championship is going to actually be in August. There's not a schedule released for September, October, November, of December, or of next year. Now, we got a lot of changes that we're expecting to see, but do you expect to see a prolonged offseason? season?
2: I would certainly hope so. I I think that golf needs to go back to that. I think that, uh, in all honesty, I could say that, and I I don't know. I mean, this is all speculation, but what this allows uh, players to do is to do what uh, they would be able to play, you know, the PGA Tour, and then maybe go um, to different parts of the world and do some exhibition golf or some other tournament golf. Uh, that's not required by the PGA Tour, and I think that helps uh, the game uh, immensely by, you know, spreading that all out and not making them just be on the PGA Tour. I don't know their goals. I have no idea what they're doing, but I personally loved it when we had an off season. It was uh, amazing. You, you know, when you shut it down end of October around Halloween, and you knew, you know, January one, if you were in Maui, that you were going out to play the Tournament of Champions. I mean, that was. Uh, and if not, you're headed to Honolulu. So, it was it was a great uh, it was great for golf. Now, I do believe though, in all honesty, I talk to a lot of my friends and fans, and they love love golf. They love it. They want to watch it. They just want to watch. They don't care where it is, where it's being played, who's playing. They like to watch shots being hit. So, um, well, I don't think ratings wise, you'll ever be able to compete with college football or the NFL. Uh, we can kind of get that, but I definitely. Uh, think that we do need some sort of this golf um, that's being played somewhere, you know. And every now and then, and and I used to love the silly season. I thought it was great when guys were going to, you know, play all these events, you know, pair, um, you know, pair child like all the um, uh, the team events, and I thought that was great. It was great for golf. They had skins game. I thought that was all just amazing for golf. I think I'd love to see it kind of go back in those roots.
1: Yeah, I think that's a heck of a call right there. Uh, Jason Bone, our guest, going to be uh, headed out to PGA Tour champions. Uh, before we let you go, there's there's so many things I could pick and choose from in your uh, your career, and you're such an entertaining storyteller. Uh, by the way, I believe the Super Bowl is in Phoenix this year, and I, one of the last times the Super Bowl was in Phoenix, you you don't remember this, but oh, I remember. Okay, we <laughs> you, we both. You, I worked, you played. And we were on the same red eye back to Atlanta, so we're sitting at that that awful dingy gate. Remember the old Phoenix before they put the new terminal in? There's there's like four chairs for the entire plane, so we're sitting on the floor. You had found a bar that was actually closed, but you were sitting there anyway, and uh, you know. But but all this it was the Seahawks. It was the Super Bowl where the uh, where the Seahawks didn't give it to Marshawn, and they lost, (laughs) and and we were sitting there. Do you remember sitting in that airport? Uh, watching the oh, dejected do. Seahawks fans come through.
2: I do because that was the weekend that that same day was the closest and I've ever been to being fined on the PGA Tour. Oh. <laughs> I happened to play that Sunday on sixteen, and uh, and I'm not sure what I can say here to the viewers, but uh, <laughs> I was I was playing with Jason Kokrat. And we walked up on 16. Obviously, it was the afternoon. Everybody was riled up and, and, and entertained. And uh, Jason coker had white pants on and a red and white striped shirt. And one of the guys yelled out, and he said, Hey, Jason, you look like a giant candy cane. And I just thought that was priceless. I loved it. I was like, clapped. And so Jason and I had, had about 15 feet. And um, so they uh, they, right in the middle of Jason's, putting stroke, they they told him that you know, I'm, I'm going to use the word stank but it wasn't stank, they said you, you stink, you can't make this and uh, so he rolled it down there and he'd missed it so I'm, now I've got a putt on a very similar line and uh, once again, I knew as soon as I pulled it back they were going to say you stink and it wasn't stink, it was another word and uh, they uh, so I roll it down there and I make it and I turn around and I crotch-chop them, and I say, why don't you stink on this? <laughs> and it, right when we come on air, oh. right as soon as they come on air. <laughs> and there's David parody calling that. And uh, so I get done, and uh, my phone is just blown up. DJ Tour headquarters, PJ Tour headquarters, DJ Tour. And I, they're like, Jason, what, that's so uncharacteristic. What happened? And I was like, oh, man. I said, it was simple. I said, the guy just yelled out in the stands. He said, who's going to win the uh, Super Bowl? And I crouched up and said, Marshawn Lynch." <laughs> you know, and so uh, I, he, kinda, he, he didn't believe it. He knew it wasn't true. But uh, he accepted the story, and it saved me about $5,000 and a fine. But um, you know, I to tell you that, though. The worst part about that was not the tour or the fine. It was my poor wife calling. And saying, what are you doing? Our kids are running around crotch chopping me. <laughs> and uh, so they had been watching television, and now they're around. hey, mom, you know, and giving the old crotch chop. <laughs> and I just was like, so that was, that was way worse than the $5,000 fine, i got to be honest. So that <laughs> night sticks out to me uh, very vividly, sitting there as I'm like, what, how am I going to get out of this? Like, what am I going to do? So, yes, yeah, um, And they...
1: Yeah. I didn't even hear that story. <laughs> that was so this yeah. is the first time I've heard that. You must have gotten done by the time I walked into <laughs> the airport. <laughs> See, that yeah, is... That was, oh, that, that, that's what a conversation with Jason Bone is all about right there, my friends. <laughs>
2: well, I must tell you, this is a meme. People have created this meme. So you can go online, you can Google it, and you can say Jason Bone, Crotch Chop, Scottsdale, Arizona, and there it is. Okay. So, uh yes, Um uh, it's terrible. It, is, it will never leave me. It is the one thing that I probably regret the most, uh, but also uh, now my kids are a little bit older, and they kind of understand who I am, so they, they saw it coming.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, I just I just Googled it, and it's all over the place.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. Sorry, but uh, that's, the, that's, that's not the way you want to go down uh, to be remembered. But, uh, yeah.
1: A touching tribute to D-Generation X. Jason, we, we will chat and play. We better chat and play before you uh, before head out to Arizona. All the best. Thank you so much for the time, man. You are a, you are a trip, and we really appreciate it.
2: I absolutely love it, Brian. And, and good luck this weekend in your tournaments and early next week. Uh, uh, I look forward to uh, tracking you down
1: online and see how you do it. I will give you – I'll tell you the long story or the short story. <laughs> I think we all know how uh, it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is. Uh, that is Jason Bone. We'll take a break. It's the Golf Show on the Fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. And now it's time for Who's Driving? you by Ray J If you're facing DUI charges, you need a DUI lawyer who will step up to the T for you. Call Ray Cell at 404-964-4185 to schedule an appointment. Welcome back. Well, the gentleman who is driving right now, gentlemen, because I believe uh his his co-conspirator Matt Van Zant is sitting right next to him. Uh gentleman who is going to be playing a benefit concert coming up for the Georgia State Golf Association. He's going to drive all the way over from, uh, from Lake Oconee in Greensboro, Georgia. He did it last year, and, uh, and he was also at Pine Tree for, uh, for Gene Sillers Golf Tournament. He's one of the greatest songwriters out there. Hot, new, up-and-coming artist. I got to see him play this song live.
0: Uh, fantastic.
1: Lake Oconee's Eric Dodd joins us right now. Eric, welcome to the program. How are you?
3: Man, we are doing great, Brian. So awesome always talking to you. And I uh, have my boy, Matt Van Zant here, my token spirit, as you said. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> well, I heard him singing the harmony on that song, Do This Right. Uh, I don't know who's doing it in the recorded version, but uh, you guys are up in Nashville right now. This is, uh, this is an interesting life. What... Uh, What's life like being up and coming singer songwriters? Acts. I mean, you guys are hot too. What, what's that like in the Nashville scene? How do you describe it?
3: You know, it, Nashville's exciting. Um, Georgia will certainly always be home, but um, you know, Music Row is is a uh, is a unique place, and that I I feel like the best songwriters in the world are are here. So, just being around them, getting to collaborate is. Is incredible. Um, I'm very. I don't take that for granted um, that I get to work with some of of you know, people I look up to and have looked up to. Um, so yeah, really special place, and um, you know, every day's different here. And getting to getting to collaborate with some of my my heroes is pretty dang cool.
1: Now, I love the upbeat nature of this, and you're an upbeat guy. You have one of those great smiles, which I which I always love. <laughs> Quick with the smile. You smile on stage, which, well, that's that's not easy if that doesn't come, come naturally to you. Uh, no,
3: man, but being on stage brings us great joy. That's uh, how we do what we do and hopefully uh, inspire smiles from the audience, right? And I'm always talking to you, Brian. <laughs> oh, no, you're very kind. can't see me,
1: but we're, we're smiling now. <laughs> sure, we are. Um, <laughs> Nashville can drag you down, though. You hear all the stories. You know, are you staying out of that. How how do you keep the vibe up in a, in a city that moves that fast and a business that moves this fast? I mean, it it can drag you down. How do you avoid that?
3: Well, honestly, it's unavoidable. Um, I'd be lying if I said there aren't you know some some down times where you feel like. Luck is not going your way, but I, I feel like the high times certainly uh, balance that out. And you know, it is a bit of a roller coaster of a business. Um, but you know, you write a couple songs that aren't so great, and then you you find the one that you know moves you and will hopefully positively affect the listener. So you know, that's again, that's why we do what we do here. And um, you know, I feel like the the great times outweigh the but not so great times
1: that is uh, that's very well said all right that you've got a tremendous golf background uh obviously yes, greensboro georgia lake aconey there's a lot going on golf is in your family tell everybody uh your connection to the game
3: yes sir um golf is still a huge passion of mine I grew up playing was very blessed to uh my dad was in the golf business he was with Reynolds Lake company for about 15 years um Fun fact, he got to play the opening round with the Golden Bear, Jack Nicholas, in 1992 as the Great Waters course opened. And, um, you know, there were probably a thousand members out there watching the opening round. And, and dad gave Jack a run for his money. I don't think Jack had played for a few months he was kind of mid 50s or something at the time. Um, But I was probably seven or eight years old, but I'll never forget that. And, um, yeah, I got to play all those incredible courses at Reynolds and um, played college for two years at Georgia College and State University and that's kind of when music was entering and my golf game was peaking so (laughs) you couldn't really play in the bars till 2 a.m. and be at the 5 a.m. workout and UGA University of Georgia had started a music business program around that time so stars kind of aligned so I transferred over to Athens and had a few decent years there playing music and that kind of led me to where I am today.
1: Love that, Eric Dodd, our guest, uh, going to be playing at the Strand coming up. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. You got Matt Van Sant with you, Matt. Do you play golf? Is, is Matt? You know, who, what's what's that? What's the match like between you and Eric?
4: Well, so that's um, that's an interesting question. Um, I enjoy, I absolutely love playing golf, and um, it's definitely something that we get to do on the road. Um, when we're out um, different places, trying to find a course to go play, but um, I always try to be on Eric's team, not against Eric. Um, I've you know kind of you know smartened up in my older older years and uh, figured out if I have him on on my side, you know it's a little bit uh, harder to lose because I think if Eric and I played straight up, he'd probably have to give me 18 strokes. So, well, he's a he's a great
3: beer drinking partner, Brian. That's
2: right. yeah. It's really important. We had a
3: decent time up there.
4: That's
1: very important. Now, uh, which of the courses over there, uh, Lake Oconee, which, which of the courses you guys hit most often? Do you live on one? I I don't know that area as well as I should. Played a couple of events over there. Loved all my time that I've spent over there. Been invited plenty of times. Just can't ever seem to get it together. That's on me. Uh, what What's uh, What's your stomping grounds over there?
3: I have to say Great Waters. Um which is just across the lake from the original Reynolds Course, right across Oconee. And my number two would be Reynolds Landing, just an amazing layout. Uh, but I'd have to say number one is the is the Golden Bear Design. Um, just some incredible back nine has seven water holes right on Lake Oconee, and just uh, unforgettable views. Um, we got to get we got to get out there, Brad. Right? Yeah. Uh, we definitely got to get out there. We've got to me a uh, few things. Give me about three or four side. I'll take. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> see, Matt. I see what he's doing there.
3: <laughs>
1: uh, that's where you guys shot. Uh, you shot this one, a video for a uh, vacation. Oh, this is actually part two of vacation. Yes,
3: sir. Uh, that's an that old summer jam right there.
1: Yeah, great summer jam. Uh, uh, these are, when are these songs going to start hitting, uh, where, where we start to hear them on the radio? I mean,
3: obviously that one you want to wait on, uh, until next summer, I would think. (laughs) But yeah, you know, we, we released that kind of end of summer. Just some We tried to get it out sooner, but, um, a few things held us up. I won't bore you with those details, but yeah, we, uh, we're going to keep pushing it. I feel like people still listen to some summer songs when the, when the weather's not so great, but, um, you know, I probably, I probably have 10 other summer songs of the pipeline. I'm thinking of doing a summer EP for 2023 to do four or five really up tempo, feel good songs. But, um, as far as radio, you know, we're doing okay on streaming on Spotify and Apple. And, um, I appreciate you jamming these on Sirius. Um, but yeah, as far as, as far as radio, you know, we're still pushing that. It's a different, different beast, but, um. Just anywhere people find our music is is the blessing. Uh, this video had to be a had to be a blast to shoot. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was definitely not worth that day, as you as you see it. We uh we just had a good time and let the videographers do their thing, tell us where to go and what to be, and just to have a good time, which I hopefully that came through. Is um, when, when you watch it
1: is Matt in this is Mrs. Dodd in this, uh, who, uh, who all do we see in these videos is, this, I mean, you got to call all your friends and say, <laughs> we're going to shoot a video. I know.
3: Yeah, I, I I know. That was a, uh, that was on a Saturday. Matt was busy down in Georgia. Um, Mrs. Dodd was eight months pregnant. So <laughs> I, uh, I tried to get her out there, but Brian, you know, it was, uh, as you know, it's, it's tricky to talk an eight-month-old, eight-month-pregnant woman into doing anything. So uh, to their, you know, can't blame them for that. So I gave her the day off, Brian, but we had a lot of great friends um, show up and have a blast with us. Well, that's but awesome. we did miss Matt and Anna, and Matt's better half as well. Maybe the next video they can uh, carve out some time for me. Hmm.
1: Eric Dodd, Matt Van Sant, with us here. Uh, the coming up very soon, November third, so a couple of Thursdays from now, GSGA benefit concert. Uh, Eric and Anjali Davidson, by the way, you you've been a, you're such a great promoter, by the way, on Instagram. You promote Anjali, you promote uh, all of your friends. Uh, you guys are going to be playing uh, at the Strand. Dina Carter. Is going to be playing at the Strand. You You did this last year, and uh, that was who was it you played with last year? Edwin McCain.
3: We had Edwin McCain there. Yeah, incredible singer songwriter. We certainly look up to.
1: Yeah. So how do you? uh, How does this all come together? How how do they get in touch with you? Why? uh, You know, obviously you've got a great connection with golf. That's why you're doing this for the GSGA. But, but how did this all come together? How did we decide to do concerts to benefit some of their programs?
3: Yeah, so I'll let Matt take this. He introduced me to Trip. Matt, you want to jump down? Yeah, we had, have a great friend named uh, Trip Pendergast. Uh, he works uh,
4: in the development program for the Georgia State Golf Association. And Trip became a good friend of mine and uh, loves music and loves concerts and always comes out and sees us when we play. And um, he just had a harebrained idea, of, you know, what if we put on a, a benefit concert? Because, you know, the GSGA is a nonprofit organization. So all the money that, um, you know, that they get is all, you know, going back out and, and there's no profit made. So they, um, they try to find different and creative ways of, of, you know, growing the game of golf. and So we had this idea of putting on a concert. And so, uh, two years ago was our first inaugural concert that we did. And, and, um, and then last year, obviously, and then, then this year, um, at the strand in Marietta. So, um, it's just been kind of building ever since and um, working with sponsors and working with um, you know just everybody to make this happen. They're so um, happy to put on a concert that uh, benefits the game of golf and in particular um, this concert, um, it benefits the adaptive program for the GSGA, um, their initiative with that, which um, helps with um, people with disabilities, both cognitive and physical disabilities. It works with, you know, military personnel that have, you know, suffered from PTSD, um, gives them an outlet, um, to be able to, you know, find new ways of, of rehabilitation. They work really close with the shepherd center in, in Atlanta as well. Um, and then it also benefits the, the, the junior golf program, their youth on course, um, program, which allows golfers, you know, ages 18 and under, and they can play, um, GSGA courses in the state of Georgia for $5. And uh, this concert helps kind of, um, um, you, know, you know, mitigate some of those funds that it takes to, to allow those uh, players to be able to play for that uh, low of a cost. So it's just a great benefit uh, for the game of golf in Georgia and, and even just uh, the game and golf in general. Yeah,
1: I love that program. I love them both. But youth on course, uh, you know, as a beleaguered parent, you know, sometimes you just think, oh, I'm not going to go waste that time or that money on, uh, on, on that game. I'll just take you let you go, go play in the playground or whatever it is. And, you know, golf is expensive and it takes a while. So if you eliminate some of those barriers, then more kids are going to come play it. It is a great cause. I can't wait, Matt. Are you going to be at this? Are you playing with, uh, I'll with be Eric? There. Okay.
4: Yes, sir. I'll be there. We're, we're, we're looking forward to it. We're, uh, you yeah, know, direct support for Dina, which is
3: going to be amazing. So we're, uh, crafting our set list as, uh, as you know, we speak we're not allowed to cover strawberry wine because uh, I think Dina would do a better job at, at her smash hit. And um, of course she's going to be playing. Uh, we dance anyway. I mean, we grew up listening to these songs, which is so cool. And not only is she a great artist, she wrote uh, you and tequila by Kenny Chesney. I don't think a lot of people know that, but uh, yeah, having have an opportunity to open for, you know, a living legend. Dina Carter will be awesome. And Anthony Davidson will perform right before uh, she's a, an up-and-coming 18-year-old female singer-songwriter we've written a bunch of songs with and for and um yeah you'll have to check out Andre if you haven't already
1: yeah that's that is awesome gentlemen thank you so much for your time uh karen thank you uh, you are so welcome cannot wait to see eric dodd matt van sant coming up At the Strand, which I've never been to, by the way. I've been in Atlanta since 1980. I've never been to the Strand. Thursday, November 3rd. All the details over at gsga.org. You guys are the best. Have a good time up there in Nashville. All the best, guys.
3: Thank you. You're the best, Brian. Thanks for having us, man. See you November 3rd. You got it. That's Eric Dodd,
1: Matt Van Sant. They're coming up. GSGA.org. We're back with more right after this. Stay with us. You hit the links. Start your morning with the golf show. Now back to Brian Katrick and Ali Dean on Atlantis Golf Station. The I right, So we have another entry if you'd like. I know we're a segment too late. We did already do who's driving, but a couple of guys who's driving on the European tour. Aaron Cockerill didn't have his clubs get all the way to Mallorca, Spain, uh, so he had his wife drive up to the airport. I think she had to drive. Uh, She she drove a long way to get his clubs for him. He's trying to... He made the cut. Needs to pick up a couple of shots, though, in order to try to save his card. And then, as the PGA Tour is playing at Congaree, which is a little west of Bluffton, South Carolina, you know, you come off the Hilton Head Island and you go through Bluffton and you get back to 95. And then, if you just keep going west which I don't think there's a road that does it, but that's where Congaree is. It's over there. We would go south on 95 or to 16 and come back home if we're trying to get to Atlanta. But uh, to Cong- Congaree's out there. It's also about an hour. Shane Lowry broke his putter earlier in the week. Uh, putter was coming out of the bag. It was actually on uh, on Friday. Pulls the putter out of his bag, and it comes out of his hand. So now he's in that moment where we've all been there, that little moment of slow motion where the putter is falling to the ground. No. He's reaching for it, trying to catch it. Can't, he knows he's not going to catch it, so he sticks his foot out there to try to kind of pop it up in the air, keep it from rattling around on the ground. Unfortunately, he's using one of those Odyssey putters that has uh, the part graphite, part steel shaft and that's right where his foot hit, and it just broke. Crack. Done. You're trying to save the head. I would be trying to save the head. I don't know. You're trying to keep the head from getting a ding on it. Uh, and and in, in this case, now you broke the shaft, and now the head is getting all, all beat up, and you might even step on it. So Matt Fitzpatrick was in the group. He apparently almost fell over. He was laughing so hard. So Fitzpatrick while laughing, and then uh, Shane Lowry has to go after the round and go buy a putter, basically. There's a story there that shows the the receipt, says that Brian Martin is going to pick it up. That's future Shane. I don't know if you've seen Shane Lowry. You know what Shane Lowry looks like. Well, his caddy, that's who Brian Martin is, looks just like him, except he looks like Shane 20 years from now or 15 years. I don't want to make Brian seem older than he is, but he has the same features, the same beard, It's just gray. So future Shane was going to pick it up. So Callaway got him a new putter, but he had to go buy one first. He bought one as a backup, I guess. And there's a Shane tweeted uh, a video of him at the register. And he's at the register in his full. He's got the visor on or not the visor. He's got the the hat, his Shrix on. He's got all the logos on. He's wearing the same stuff he wore at the golf course. He's now checking out at the PGA Tour Superstore in Bluffton, South Carolina. I mean, it looks like it's Halloween. Like, Are they really? I'm watching it again. He's got it on his Twitter page. I mean, there he is. He's, he changed shoes, so he's wearing tennis shoes. Hat on, all the logos on, full Shane Lowry. Somewhere in that store, somebody was thinking, Hey, hey there's Padre Harrington. <laughs> Close. Speaking of the event, C.J. Cup, Rory McIlroy came into it. Uh a win, or depending on what Scotty Scheffler was going to do, Rory McIlroy could get to be number one in the world. He said it meant something to him uh, because he's really interested in grinding away and getting back to the top of the game. Well, he's done his part through three rounds, 13 under par, leads by a shot over K.H. Lee and Kurt Kitayama and John Rahm. Rahm's having a good week, just one shot back. Uh, Rory may not win with those guys chasing him down, but he could get there with a second or a third also, I believe, as long as Scheffler finishes farther down in the field, and that's exactly what's going on. Scheffler shot 74 yesterday. He's all the way back at, at a tie for 47th. So he's made room for Rory to catch him. Scheffler has just not been putting well really all summer long. Uh, and uh, that was actually part of the other one of the other stories from this week. Talked about Shane Lowry getting a new putter because he broke his. Scotty Scheffler puts a new putter in the bag. He won the U.S. Junior. And uh, something else. Excuse me for not having that. Uh, oh, the Sage Valley Invitational, which is a great junior event over there at Sage Valley, uh, with an old mallet style putter. And he went. You know, he's been home for a couple of weeks. And he was kind of tinkering around, and he grabbed that old putter and just felt good about lining it up. Now, uh, contracts being what they are, I don't think he has a contract to play a Scotty Cameron putter. Maybe he does. Maybe I don't. I don't actually know. I don't think he does, but I'm sure he's well compensated. Uh, so he he made his phone calls. and said, "Here's what I'm got, and this is what I really like looking at." So they sent him one new mallet style prototype, and uh, and that's what he's using. Again, you know, I'm sure he's making more putts. It's, it's a little confident. I think you keep the blade putter around. His old putter, you know, it's just an answer style putter. It looks just like Tiger's putter. I think you keep it around. Don't don't let it go too far away. I had a couple of conversations with Ted Scott, his caddy, about, about that putter. Ted's a great instructor, so I was asking lots of questions, and he had lots of answers. But if the putts don't go in, Eventually, you move on to something else. So, uh, so that's what's going on for uh, for Scotty Scheffler. Will he be number one when the uh, U.S. Open comes around next year? U.S. Open's going to be at the L.A. Country Club. They're going to play the L.A. Country Club's North Course, and it just got awarded the uh, the 2032 U.S. Women's Open and the 2039 U.S. Open. The USGA has been doing this uh, anchor site type of thing, so that's what's going on there. Uh, What am I doing? What have I been doing all week? I've been playing in the Berkeley Cup. Berkeley Hills, John Hunter, six under par, leading this. Uh, Pine Trees, Brad Harden comes across town over to Berkeley Hills. He's five under par. They've kind of separated themselves from the pack. That final round is going to go on here. About the time we get finished, they'll get going. You can follow along over at theberkeleycup.com. Great little mid-am and senior golf tournament. That the folks at Berkeley Hills put on. Chris Purvis just got the greens reopened. They just got new greens in, so uh, they've been really working hard, and it has really showed showed very well this week. Uh, where am I on the leaderboard? Well, you'll just have to go find me. You have to scroll a bit. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm not good. Me winning isn't. You do. Uh, I'll try to figure it out. I'm going to try to figure it out. Uh, good luck to John Hunter and Brad Harden and everybody else. Thanks to Sean McKinnon and Chris Purvis, the entire group out there at Berkeley Hills. Adams Crooks probably didn't even come in. Derek Thomas, thanks. Have a good work. Have a good week, everybody.
0: Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof.